0: Hello, and welcome to the Telehealth OT Podcast, where occupational therapists, parents, caregivers, and patients share their telehealth stories. My name is Dr. Reyna Oliveira, and I am the owner of Telehealth OT Services, where we specialize in working with children with autism and also provide education and trainings to occupational therapists about telehealth. I have been able to share my story with the world, and now I am extremely happy to give others the opportunity to do the same. All right. So this week we have another Amy. This week we have Amy Baez. And I'm super excited to talk to you because we have a lot in common. We were just talking before I hit record that we both have the same last name in our families. We're both in Florida, telehealth. I mean, we're both wearing white shirts today. I know no one can see us, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just kind of weird how much we have in common. So this is pretty exciting. Welcome. And thank you for being here. Yes,
1: yeah, I do feel like you're a little bit of my unknown cousin. So yeah.
0: We'll see. <laughs> we'll have to find out <laughs> if we're related or not. <laughs> All right, Amy. So tell us how you got into occupational therapy. What's your story?
1: Sure. Uh, I started out in high school. I took one of those tests that your guidance counselor recommends, and they said I should either be a physical therapist, a nurse, or a psychologist. And I thought, Mm-hmm. these aren't working for me <laughs> so much. I, I was a little bit more interested in the physical therapy. I come from a family with a lot of nurses, nothing against them. I just knew it wasn't, I'm a little more squeamish. Yep. So I was like, yeah. So anyway, I started volunteering at a nursing home. My best friend's um, mom was a hairdresser. there, she's like, there's a physical therapy department here. I want to try it out. So I started going there and I saw like a sign for occupational therapy. But I really didn't think that much of it. They never talked to me about it, mentioned anything about it. So it wasn't until actually I was applying to school, so I started going to apply for physical therapy. And I went to, I ultimately went to Duquesne University, but while I was visiting the campus, I stopped at uh, University of Pittsburgh. They had a health science fair. And when I was there, I saw that they were having like this huge line for everybody looking at the occupational therapy stuff and I was like what's this so I started looking at it and I realized it was a lot of like gadgets and a lot of innovation and that just really spoke to me and I was like oh, what is this so anyway I went to my interview and I begged them and pleaded and said can I please apply for OT I'm afraid I don't have any hours volunteering for OT but they were like you know no problem girl just go ahead Go ahead awesome. and apply because it was an early, early decision school. Okay. So, so that was it. That was started my journey, and I've been in it ever since.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So how long have you been <laughs> an OT now?
1: I graduated in 2000, so it's really okay. easy for me to remember. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> how many
1: years? I don't have to do too much math. So I finished my uh, master's in 2000, and within a couple months, I moved down to Miami. And I had already did my level two field work here. So I was, I already was familiar with the city and knew Mm -hmm. that I wanted to come back and stay. So I've been here ever since. What made
0: you do your field work here?
1: I always, I don't know if it was like this desire as a child to like, want to live in Miami. Uh, I just, I don't know if it was from watching Miami Vice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think part of it was actually going to Puerto Rico as a child to to meet my father's family. Um, that, that just that tropical world just really called to me. I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. So, so yeah. So, and, and then other reason, main reason was actually just health, health related. I was really sensitive to cold weather. Mm. Um, I don't really, I don't have a functioning thyroid gland. (laughs) So, So living in Pittsburgh, I was freezing to death and in New Jersey where I grew up was no better. So I, I was on a mission to move somewhere warm. So that was pretty much enough of a sell for me.
0: I love it. And I love how we can just be (laughs) anywhere, right? Like there's so many OT opportunities everywhere. Yeah. Um, So tell us how you got into telehealth. Well, I have, uh, I feel like I have a little bit of a
1: a unique story. I mean, many of us got thrown into it because of COVID, which is true uh, for me as well. But it wasn't from not trying before. When I started my business I really was trying to find some more ways to just differentiate myself and really get out there and I really wanted to reach a broader audience so part of that I actually even did a business plan challenge uh, where I was a semi-finalist in the the Miami Herald and part of that plan was to do telehealth and but I just couldn't really figure out the rules behind it and the laws behind it I couldn't get any answers yeah and so I, I couldn't move forward putting like all my eggs in that basket because I just didn't know and I didn't want to you know there's all these people who put these ideas in your head you're going to get sued or this or that if you're not following everything exactly how you're supposed to but there was no way for me to really find an answer that was clear I even went to like a lot of tech uh, entrepreneur event mm-hmm. And, and when, I don't know if you've been to those, but I, uh, you're often the only medical person there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it's like a battle of enough that people don't understand OT either. So it was hard to find help uh, yeah. in that sense. So I really went back to just focusing on products and delivering services as an independent therapist. And focusing more on home health because what I was really looking to do was just to have a greater impact. And I felt like sometimes working in a clinic, I, I felt like I was rushed between patients and I, I didn't get to have that uh, authentic in environment experience that I was really looking for. So, so yeah, so the, was kind of like a welcome opportunity when COVID hit. Cause I was like, oh, now I,
0: I kind of get to test what I wanted to do. Right. Well, I'm glad that you shared open uh, openly about the laws because it's something that people struggle with a lot, and they message me about a lot. It's like, what can I do in my state? What can I do across states? And if I want to open my business, what do I have to be aware of? And it's something that I touched on briefly, like in my book, that the laws are just even if there are laws in place, they're not really clear. Like some of them will say that you have to be in the same place, and it's like a place can either be a town, a city, a mountain, like what is a place? It's not even defined. It's just very unclear. It's a very legit frustration because we're worried about, like you said, getting sued or like, I don't know, shutting down or whatever. So it's like a big risk to take. But I answered someone recently in a, in a, in a group saying like, That I personally just did like the best that I could knowing that the laws are going to just continue to change. And this well, last year has been like, I mean, did laws change ever like last year? (laughs) So (laughs) it's always something that we kind of have to keep up, but I totally get where you're coming from because in the beginning I was just like lost in this, like, well, what can I do? And what can't I do? And there's still not very clear answers. There are. Yeah. Mind you, that was like 2013,
1: 2014. So, and I think like, what was I doing all this time? And I'm like, well, you kind of, you know, once you move on, you're just kind of doing your other thing. Yeah, and exactly. So,
0: But I still feel like
1: it's challenging it to is. find that information. So, yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. I'm wondering, now that brings up like another <laughs> idea. Maybe I need to bring up like some kind of business lawyer on this show and see like what they have to say about it because yeah. Yeah, it's very, I mean, aside from the fact that it varies state, state by state, which we know, but it's still just like the laws that are out there are just not clear enough. That doesn't give us like, you know, a sense of security that we're gonna be okay in our practices. Yeah, and then
1: you throw insurance into it and that's another.
0: Oh, God, yeah.
1: <laughs> another whole thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, just did an episode on that, was so overwhelmed. I was like, what in the world? Like, I don't know if I can handle this, but. Yeah, this oh my gosh, very overwhelming. Um, okay, so you put the telehealth idea like on hold and you started your practice. So what are all the layers of your business? You mentioned you're doing home health, you're doing products, services. Give us a rundown of, tell me the name again, I forget, a Play, P, right?
1: Yes, so my yes. company's called A P. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I've actually been uh, what I would consider like a solopreneur my entire career. I've actually never worked full time for a company. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I kind of love that. So I, I, it was accidental in the sense that I moved down to Miami. I was offered a full-time job. And when I got here, they were like, oh, no, it's just part-time. And it's actually per diem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I started working, like, for three different companies and then eventually got enough hours to kind of work on my own, and, like, solely in pediatrics. But I still was considered, like, self-employed the whole time. Yeah. so I really just developed over time, you know, I, there was a time where I was seeing only Medicaid patients. And then I was, when there was like a big switch over in, in Florida with MMA, and then I was like, okay, let me transfer here. And then I was like, well, let me work at this clinic for a little bit, just part time so that Mm -hmm. I can get to know what that's like. And so there was a a little bit of a mix. So, so right now I see patients in online, all, all online right now. Yeah, But I see kids privately. I see kids through schools, like through charter schools.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and then I also have products. So I actually developed a handwriting program. I call the PALS handwriting program that I started in 2013. And that came out of me wanting to prototype and test ideas and really focus on the creative brain that I feel like is where I really, like, shine or just Mm -hmm. and feel joy and so that's where I felt like you know there was a moment where I felt like I don't know if I'm in the right field because I wasn't entirely like happy it wasn't that I didn't like working with the patients I just couldn't figure out what it was and so I realized it's like oh I'm not tapping into like my creative brain like that's where I really really have fun And so, and luckily, OT, I feel like is a super creative field, at least allows for that, if you are. And so I started doing more of that development. So I actually started my YouTube channel like many, many years ago, but I didn't have the skills to film by myself and then do all these things. It wasn't as easy now as it is to just kind of film on your phone. It didn't really exist back then. So I just kind of let it sit for a while and then I would try it out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but when I started to realize during, uh, during the beginning of COVID is that I needed to provide a lot of ways to help my patients understand what I was saying more. And I was repeating myself over and over again or, you know, yeah. recording videos for them. I was like, well, if I just record them for a larger audience, then more people are benefiting from it as well and then it becomes a lot easier for me to to share it with them so so that's when i started really focusing on developing even more digital uh, digital products and like even just simple worksheets or activities that are like very low cost options for people if they want to pick it up some of them are free some of them are just two dollars so i really started focusing a lot more on on doing those so so and then in addition to that if I'm into developing more workshops. So, uh, when we were doing things in person, I would occasionally speak at conferences and and do workshops like that. I did some like classes with parents, like parenting type of active play classes with them in person. So it's an evolving situation all the time.
0: <laughs> I love but, it. You're like yeah. all over, impacting everybody. Like. I'm all it. over the
1: place but yet very organized at the same time yeah like
0: you because you have your like your niche you have your topic but yet you're able to like distribute it in a whole bunch of different ways I relate to that yeah. so much because like obviously you know like doing telehealth educating OTs on telehealth like doing now business in telehealth and like educating students via guest lectures on telehealth and so I get it like it's just it's amazing first of all that we have opportunity to be able to do all these different type of things. But I want to know, like, where did you get this entrepreneur, like spirit from, from the very beginning?
1: Well, like I said, I fell into it accidentally, but then it really kind of made sense to me. I think there was even a small part of myself when I was in school that was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this quite like this forever, but I didn't know what would what it would look like. So it took me a while to kind of figure it out, but once I I really understood that primarily I was creator, that's when it really shifted for me. I mean, uh, most of my friends are all artists, and so and I was always like, why don't I have any like therapy friends? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was always like the art like this oddball like oh Amy's an, Amy's an artist yeah but she's a therapist you know <laughs> and. Um, even when I first moved to Miami, I was going to uh, open mics. I was doing like spoken word poetry, and I people always thought I was a teacher because I always did poems about children uh, and and what it was like. And and part of that was me not knowing how to channel all of the the stories and the experiences that I was having. I didn't know how to emotionally handle them mm-hmm. without like taking it out on like whoever I was dating at the time. Like they yeah. don't want to hear all my stories, so. <laughs> So I started writing it, writing it out. So, but I think I've always just been a very creative person. Even as a child, I was like doing a lot of like I was just very into art, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a, like a painter or a drawer. I was mm-hmm. more of a writer mm-hmm. and um, speaker. I think really, I think I just really wanted to be on Star Search <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> and so, you know, but. I think when i realized that that was that you could be an ot and also do other things yeah and still provide a lot of value to people that's when i realized i'm like i okay i this is what i should be doing yeah. so and then i take all that creativity i still love working with my patients because i'm like i need to like give it to somebody you know personally <laughs> <laughs> so i think they like it so but but yeah, so it's really fun for me to test, um, test ideas out and see like what works and like, oh, I think I need to tweak that a little bit mm-hmm. and, and make things a little bit, you know, that part was unclear, but okay. I really love giving, giving it to people, you know, yeah. and seeing what they, what they do with it too. I think that's what's really interesting is when people write me back and say, oh, you know, that I was able to do X, Y, Z with that activity that I didn't even mention to them. I'm like, oh. Well, thank you for that idea.
0: <laughs> I can I'll do modify a follow-up YouTube video on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, well, you didn't yeah. get on Star Search, but now you're a YouTube yeah. star, so that's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. There's a lot of us out there, but I think there's a lot of different
1: approaches that people take.
2: Yeah. And
1: so my focus is really just play for the most part, and I even dabble into like, you know, saying like this is for adults too. Like it doesn't have right. to be just just for kids. So. Yeah. So yeah. So I even try to deter- encourage adults to embrace their play their and their play. play Yeah, their play personality.
0: Yeah. I love that. I'm super creative too. And like, I am now like into my planner and like the highlighters and all the colored pens and like all this stuff and just like being creative like that. And that's like my play time. And it's totally, you know, um, what adults need to do, like you said, is embrace like something that just like is creative or fun and not always work, work, work for, you know, our other roles and responsibilities.
1: But for other people, they may see me and think that I'm like a workaholic because they're always like, oh, you're always working. I'm like, yeah, but I'm having fun right.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm constantly making something. So I'm like, for me, I don't feel like if I'm doing it at midnight, it's not a problem because exactly. I'm just having fun with it. So, so yeah, I think understanding who you are and what you think is fun mm-hmm. really helps. So, if anybody does that in anything in their life, they're going to be happier doing.
0: It. So, you've blended like all of it so well together, and such like. I think I feel like you're inspiring new grads right now. It's like, oh, and to me, like okay. what's sticking out in my mind is like because a lot of new grads that i see in the forums are like oh like you know do i want to can i start my business like right away or like do i need experience and it's like you a business doesn't have to be this like box thing where it's like a brick and mortar practice with 20 employees and like 100 kiddos it can be a business where you're developing products digital products and serving an audience in a different way and Mm -hmm. being creative totally yeah Yeah,
1: i'm glad i'm glad that i can be an example of that if anything else so definitely
0: so walk us through i feel like i'm gonna take advantage of of this um interview and use you as a mentor walk us through like your youtube channel journey i don't know how was it like in the beginning did you learn from anyone? <laughs> Give us a lowdown. <laughs> I do not have a quick, in, you know, I was not
1: one of those people who got a lot of followers very quickly. If anything, I feel like I still got a long way to go. Um, but I do feel like the ones who are there really committed. <laughs> so, so yeah, well, I'm, I've been, initially, like I mentioned, I have a lot of artist friends. So I have friends who work in the film industry. And so one of my really close friends offered to, to film me one day. But what I didn't realize was that I was expected to like film everything in one day. So even if you, if you go back to my original videos, they are not great. Like, they may look okay, but I am like a mess. Like, I'm very <laughs> nervous. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm just trying to get it out. And I, I, you know, I, just, I don't come off as naturally as I would like to. So, <laughs> but what I feel, I, I kept them up just because I'm like, well the information is still valuable. Yeah. So so I left them up there. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years I finally figured out how to do things on my own. And so but those videos are they tend to be what I call like more talking head videos where I'm mm. just speaking. And you know, those I was like getting some traction. Like one of the one or two of them might like really get a lot more views than another. It's really hard to figure out what people really want to hear. Yeah. So when it came to the you know mid like the spring early summer of last year, that's when I realized I was like you know what I'm already making a bunch of these videos for my patients. Why don't I just change the style of my content a little bit? And put on like actual activities and exercises on on the page, and then that's when it started to really pick up. So I you know I watched a few tutorial videos on you know how to really improve your channel by like being consistent or really you know being very niche about what you're talking about mm-hmm. all those different types of advice that a lot of youtube channel uh creators will tell you to do you know and then i slowly would improve like my sound yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or my lighting or things like that yeah. Or i'm like oh that's how you you know zoom in a picture so a lot of it was just you know just getting started just trying you know, it's not going you're gonna look back on your stuff and think like, Oh, that's cringy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you didn't start, then you're not gonna get, get very far. So that was a lot of I just was very consistent about putting stuff out. Like I try to put stuff out twice a week and I wasn't really going anywhere, right? I wasn't going out. So I was like, Well, I can just <laughs> commit to this schedule and this is what I'm gonna do. And yeah. so so that's what I did and you know, and so even now I'm still, I, I change things up every once in a while. So in the beginning of this year, I started creating more videos that were directly for, for kids to watch. Cause so I was getting some feedback from even my own family where they were like, Oh, can you please uh, <laughs> make something that I can pop in front of my kid while I'm cooking? I'm like, not <laughs> really my style, but okay, I'll try it out. So, so those, you know, started becoming a little bit more popular. And then, but there's still this desire for me to like interact with adults and talk to adults about topics. So right. this year I started doing some interviews with professionals that. and just getting a chance to have like a deeper conversation where I'm just not talking to a camera by myself and I'm actually <laughs> engaging with <laughs> a human being. So, so that's been, that's pretty much been the journey. And, I love it. you know, I also encourage people to, to look at other people's, work that you feel like is helpful to you mm-hmm. i noticed sometimes just the tweaking of a word i i changed a video i was doing uh, what i would call like their holistical videos where they're like top 10 or whatever and i was focusing on on virtual games but i i just changed the word to zoom and all of a sudden i got a lot more views. yeah and um and then that video has reached Think of around, like around 110,000 people. Wow! Which is crazy.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I'm like looking like back
0: at like <laughs> I'm looking back at your videos, and I and I see like what you're saying. Like you don't really know like why some are better than others. Like there's a lot that are like in the thousands, tens of thousands of views, and then there's some that are like at the hundreds, and it's like right, what? yeah, it's
1: like I have no idea. You know, so I would try to look and see like what people are asking, you know, like I try to do some like how to videos or something's like a current topic. Yeah. I might see like and it might start out slow but then eventually get more. Um, but I feel like the ones that do the best usually are the ones that have some sort of game involved Mm -hmm. or an activity that people can download that those usually seem to do really well i feel like people are very much looking for activities content Mm -hmm. um, that they can apply immediately especially you know a lot of my audience even though i really speak to parents that's primarily who i'm talking to and i try to make sure my language is not too complex for them right but i get a lot of therapists and teachers but that's that's always been the case in my business so even though i'm primarily trying to reach out to parents It's the teachers and the therapists who really are the ones who like want to consume your information. Luckily, a lot of them are also parents. (laughs) (laughs) That helps. (laughs) That helps.
0: Yeah. So, but I I find myself like watching a homeschooler's like video. I'm like, I'm a Pizzo ot Like, I should know this. But like hearing ideas from someone else and like what they're doing, it's like it just makes it more fun. And yeah. yeah, And it's
1: Been interesting because even some of those Zoom videos, like I've I've been contacted by different game companies now, who are interested in in having yeah conversations, and I'm and and it all leads back to some of those what I would call like Zoom game videos. So um, so yeah, so I have a a lot to thank for those videos, and quite honestly, I think that was one of the videos where I felt like I'm gonna just kind of be as crazy and silly as I can be, and and kind of let some of that out of me and you know I'm probably going to get a lot of dislikes for that but I'll get a lot more likes too you know and so sometimes you have to just step out of your comfort zone a little bit and don't be
0: afraid
1: to to seem a little crazy yeah
0: people like (laughs) to to see the real yeah the realness (laughs) of you like I yeah I kind of got over that although I'm trying to start my like YouTube channel and I'm like I want it to be more like polished my Facebook lives I'm like whatever listen like I just roll out of bed I'm inspired to tell you something I'm just gonna like hit live real quick but for yeah. some reason like I want my YouTube to be like more polished and I don't know right. I get it
1: I, I think it's really important to just be as authentic as you can be and just be who you are and any of my friends will tell you i am not the person who's going to show up in public and not look at least like i tried to put myself together yeah (laughs) so i'm not going to do that on camera either you know so and some people that's fine for them i'm like but for me i would just be like super uncomfortable the whole time so yes, I have my own little vanity issues, but that's really who I am every fine. day. So yeah. you know, it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm happy that like you did your YouTube channel because I mean, I teach about telehealth, but like, I am not about interventions. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just don't want to have to tell like somebody what games and stuff to come up with like it's just not in me like when i was working with my marketing team they're like your people want interventions i'm like they can go somewhere else like i don't want to i don't know why like i i guess i'd just rather like stick to the tech stuff like i don't want headset to use or like what applications how to share your screen like that kind of stuff and like how to use zoom and green screen or what have you, but like the interventions, like I'm, I'm so glad for you and for Adam and for like whoever else is out there with her name, Jennifer or something or other. I can't keep track of everybody, but all of you guys are doing interventions. You like people need you for real. Like, but you know what I think? Well, first of all, I think part of it is that you have to really know what,
1: what your audience wants, right? And I think what was not helping me before was that I was kind of saving stuff. Like, I'm like, I don't want to do a video on this because I want to save it for my course. I want Uh, to save it for this. You know, I'm like, I'm going to- That
0: fear of like giving away too much.
1: Yeah. And then I got to the point where I was just like, I don't have enough time in my schedule. If I don't just let it out now, it's not going to go anywhere. And then nobody's benefiting from it. So- but a lot of it too was that I just needed it to set up for my next session. You know, so, like I needed I these that. ideas to like to have something to do with my patients. So I was using it as my prep time.
0: It was, you know, time consuming prep time, but right. at least it was like, you know, it may lead to something else. Multi-purposing so, it. I love that. Yeah. That's a good, that's such a good use of your time too. And I'm learning
1: also. skills along the way. Like I've learned how to edit. Uh, videos better and then I can apply that to different things and I just hosted with some some therapists like a party a valentine's day party so using some of my games and so I was like the game master you know so I'm like who knows it just looks like my calling (laughs) but you know so I just feel like I can use these skills in different ways Mm-hmm. And, and then right now, like, although like, I love public speaking, but I don't have a lot of opportunities to speak in public these days. So, yeah. this is my way of letting so, it out as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so cool. So, out of all of the things that you're doing, including if you've gotten any potential contracts with like game companies, your YouTube channel, um, your one on one sessions, and like speaking engagements, virtual or in person. What is the most lucrative for you?
1: It's still, to be honest, it's still working with clients directly. Okay. So yeah, it still really is. That's still the majority of my business. But who knows? I mean, right now I feel like I'm laying groundwork and seeing what happens. Yeah. For me, a lot of it too is that a lot of this extra stuff, like a lot of the creative stuff, leads to marketing for, for clients. Yeah. So I end up getting more clients mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, I saw you on, you know, I have a client that I ended up getting a contract with a school because saw on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, there's opportunity there to use that for marketing. So,
2: yeah. and
1: like I said, because I really like working with kids, it's, I feel like I'm able to learn a lot from them while doing that. But as things have gone along, I definitely feel like, oh, there's a substantial amount of supplemental income coming in now from products, from ad revenue, from affiliate type of things. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, right? <laughs> it <been> a year. <laughs> it's been a year if it's the same. We'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I started with my private practice just pediatric clients and then venture it off into affiliates and everything and now I'm not seeing any patients for the time being um, but I love that I have like all these other different things and so when I'm coaching people on business I tell them like don't just focus on getting clients like try to focus on working with some companies for affiliate marketing try to put a course or a program people like OTs have so much experience in like their specialty areas. Like I have someone who's worked in the NICU and that's her thing. I'm like, how many OTs you think would love to learn from you about your NICU experience? That like, you can totally create a course or a program for that as supplemental income. And it feels nice that if for some reason your caseload takes a hit, you still have like other things, you know, on the side. Yeah. So you have a lot of that going on too. Yeah, that's great, really great.
1: And then eventually, too, I would like to have the freedom to be able to work from anywhere. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why I've spent a lot of time working on this, because I want to have that flexibility. And to be honest, like I'm not as young as I was 20 years ago. So So sometimes being on the floor with a three-year-old can be really hard on on my body in some ways. So you know. Being able to have different avenues of income is really going to help transition to a next stage for myself. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I think you're definitely laying the groundwork, like you said earlier, and you know for yourself and for your business. And that's that's the best way to go. Now, it's yeah. I mean, anyone who's not doing that really needs to find at yeah. least one other source of income.
1: Listen, there are some people who are going to be really great at just developing like an audience if that's what they're looking for, like right off the bat. But I don't think that's the norm for most people. Right. I think Mm -hmm. some people had a really great opportunity in doing that with COVID. um, But I know for sure that I did not have that experience. (laughs) So it took many years um, to get there. So, And then maybe just that I needed to learn different lessons. You know but i do
0: feel like
1: there's there's different opportunities
0: for everybody yeah i love what you've done like with your channel where uh, where so i was told youtube is not a part of social media it's a search engine so we'll leave youtube aside but where are you on social media um aside from facebook
1: sure so i mean technically i'm on instagram too <laughs> And obviously, there's like the com website. I do have a newsletter on there, so I send out a newsletter once a month to kind of make sure people are in the know, especially if I'm doing things like this, um, in case they're not getting those those messages. Because we know Facebook doesn't always want to show everybody what you're doing and like exactly. pay for it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So. So, so they're there. So, but anywhere, I mean, what's what I really love about Pleiopy is that it's the unique word. So, if you put that into a search, everything that comes up is me. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons why actually my original business name was A to Z Pediatric Therapy, which was kind of generic. Right. And I, I thought it was clever because my name starts with the an A and ends with a Z. So I thought, <laughs> oh, I Amy, mean, you're so creative. But no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like come up with my own original word because I hard to find something that I liked that wasn't already taken off from all the other social media. Right. So so that really helped me. Uh, so yeah, do you Google, play a C, and you're going to find me.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it is very unique. and. And it, that definitely helped with your search engine optimization and everything and all of your, um, you know, your social media and people connecting with you. So super easy. We always talk about choosing a name and how hard it is and you don't want it to be too long. Like I'm forever typing out telehealth OT services. It's like my fingers are so tired of typing that out. You just got a quick like short word and you're all good to go i know
1: i know it's a, it's an learning how to start a business is a really educating process oh,
0: yes it is <laughs> yes it is
1: and something is simple even like the colors that you choose or the fonts that you use it's, you know even in the beginning i got a lot of pushback there's times i've changed my slogan i've changed my logo slightly and some little things and then, but there's one thing, even when I started with the business name, some people were like, oh, don't do that. People are not going to know how to pronounce it. And I was like, you know what, though? I feel it in my bones. This, this right. is like my word. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm sticking to it. People will learn how to say it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the therapist
0: should know. They get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody right. else?
1: It doesn't, it doesn't even
0: matter. Who cares if they don't know how to pronounce it? As long as they know how to type it out. <laughs> cool. Well, you know it's funny,
1: especially in Florida. Because obviously we have a huge Hispanic population, especially in Miami. So they see the word and they think it's like playa, yeah. like the oh, beach. they like <laughs> And then you have the tech people who are like like appy. I'm like, oh my god, it's not an app. There's no two no but- <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh
0: my god.
1: So, so we all have our own, like, challenges to deal That's with, so but, you know. I'll yeah, I've got, when I, other.
0: like, when I, like, people call my business and they don't know, they're, like, telehealth hot services, and I'm, like, hot? Like, yeah, I'm hot, sure. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, people just don't know how to read it, especially because it all goes, like, lowercase whenever they're reading it off an email uh, or something. Because of the OT part. The yeah, OT yeah, part, yeah. yeah. So is your... Private practice name and 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 your services all together in one business umbrella. It is right now. Like I actually had them separate
1: for a while. Like I would I was seeing all my patients still underneath the the A to Z um, when it was that. But I decided to combine them because I felt like I was doing all the marketing for Playa Feet, and then I'm like, and some people were getting confused, so they would yeah. write text out to Playa and I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> gotcha. so my account was just like, just put it all under one. Yeah. And you know, if you want to sell later, then go just create another name. And I'm like, okay. So, so yeah. yeah. So I have everything under one now. And that's the freedom of being your own boss. You can yeah. do whatever
0: you want. You can do what you want. <laughs> I love it. I know. I've been advised to like have two. I'm like, no, no, no. Like it fits for everything. Like, I'm well, not... and it all
1: goes together. Exactly. So, I mean, there's times when I may speak at, I, I spoke at like a tech event once in uh, Pennsylvania and it may not seem like it fits, but I usually try to always speak on the same subject matter in terms of like a, an umbrella name. So I usually right. under speak under play. So anybody who wants to ask me to speak underneath the topic that is about being playful or having play in your life play at work or play with children like i just try to stay underneath that topic mm-hmm. but if i was to speak completely on something completely unrelated to that then i would just use my name right. and just say you know send me a texting
0: right so yeah so yeah, that that's that's sense. how
1: i kind of handle it right now
0: yeah no that's a good idea a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people like get stuck on this, like, well, if I want to do service, services versus products, should I have two? And I think, like you said, I think it's easier to just keep it in one. Yeah, I think so. As long as it's not com-
1: too completely different
0: right? than, you know, yeah, like
1: a restaurant versus therapy. state right exactly <laughs> maybe you should keep those
0: <laughs> I love it I could totally see you opening up like a one of those fancy play cafe things like um you know you bring your kids to play while you drink your coffee I've always wanted to visit one of those so they have them in Miami <laughs> might have to come down they actually
1: kind of <laughs> do there's a there's a place called I think it's called Pod 22 where you can like let your kids play and even have yeah. people watching them and you can get your well, i don't know if they still have this service but at first you could get your nails done you could have a sandwich and a, like a coffee and just kind of relax
0: while That's the awesome. people were
1: playing dresses, so they do exist
0: yeah we need to bring <laughs> some of those up here i feel like i looked them up like a little while ago and they were only in miami but Yeah, we need to bring some of those up towards Palm Beach. (laughs) Anyway, well, so fun talking to you. I really, I love what you're doing. I love your journey and how open you are about everything. I really think that you are an inspiration to a lot of people and just keep it up, girl. Thank you.
1: And I'm determined to find out if we are blood relatives. Yeah, we (laughs) we need to
0: figure it. We need to figure that out. I'm going to send you like a little spit. (laughs) do a DNA test real quick (laughs) (laughs) all right well take care thank you if you're an occupational therapist and you want to know more about telehealth be sure to join the telehealth OT Facebook group for more information I'll catch you on the next episode